0: Welcome to the I Want to Know podcast. I'm Josh Spector and I am your host. If you don't know who I am, I'm the creator of the For The Interested newsletter, which you can check out at fortheinterested.com. If you're new here, welcome. My goal with this podcast is to simplify audience and business growth for you. Typically, I invite a guest on to ask me three questions and help them figure out how to grow their audience and business. But today, I've actually got three guests for you. Actually, technically four. That's because what you're about to hear are three excerpts from one of my recent Jam Session Q&As. Let me explain. I offer a product called Skill Sessions, which you can check out at joshspector.com slash sessions. There's a series of one-hour video presentations where I teach you how to do things like grow your newsletter in five minutes a day, get more clients, create a product in a day, and define your niche. When you become a Skill Sessions member, you also get invited to join me for a monthly Jam Session Q&A, where I give members specific feedback and suggestions on anything they're trying to figure out. In some ways, it's like getting free consulting from me once a month. So what you're about to hear is some advice I gave to three different members in a recent jam session. I shared tips on the best time to publish your newsletter, how to improve your newsletter sign-up page and messaging to get more subscribers, and how to get the most value out of a free product you offer. Kick things off here's the advice I gave Peter Osborne about how to figure out when to send his newsletter I have a newsletter
1: that I published the eighth one today that I'm publishing every two weeks I've been trying to test different times and 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 days to see where it you know where it most resonates and where I get the best open rates I've been getting I think as you know really 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 good open rates, but I'm wondering if there's I know you you publish daily, but maybe it's for the rest of the group. When are you guys publishing where you see the best results? Because I'm getting similar results all the time, and I but I want to be good for the people I'm sending it to.
0: Yeah. So let me give you my thoughts on sending time. And it also it'd be great if any, everyone in the chat that has a newsletter, if you just want to post in the chat when you send and any thoughts you have about why or what's worked or not worked for you. So my take on this, so again, for years, I had a weekly, once a week newsletter before I did any of the daily. I always sent Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time. The way I think about it is obviously the number one most important thing I think is consistency. So picking a time and sending at that time so people know when to expect it. I don't think there's that much difference on when you choose to send or not. Like I don't, it's not like if you send on a Tuesday morning you're going to get, you know, 30% more opens than if you send on a Friday afternoon or whatever, right? Most of it's going to be relatively the same. But the way I think you should think about making the decision is I've always thought about, you know, you you think about who your audience is. And the first question I would ask myself is, is my newsletter the kind of thing they're going to read at work or not, Right. So that has to do with, again, who your specific audience is. It has to do with the format and the content of the newsletter. So the reason why I chose a weekend was, you know, going back to the beginning, my newsletter had a bunch of links and a bunch of content in it. And I was like, if someone's going to read this, like it's going to take them a little time. It's ironic because my daily ones are now like one paragraph, you know, one sentence, whatever. But so if you, to me, I was like, if someone's going to, if this newsletter is going to take them some time, they're more likely to do that on a weekend than they are at work when they're busy. This was my theory, right? But I think that's the first question. Like, are they, is are they going to read it at work or are they not? Right. The next one was as far as sort of once you decide weekday or weekend, then it becomes a question of timing, right? So I chose whether it's Saturday or Sunday, it didn't really matter. I just happened to choose Sunday, but I wanted to send it pretty early in the morning because I wanted them to sort of wake up and see it, have all day Sunday to read it if they want, or maybe on a Sunday morning, it's kind of a slow time. They're reading it with their coffee or what, you know, whatever they're doing. And that's actually something that has happened. Like I've had people say to me like, oh, every Sunday morning I read it while, I'm, you know, whatever. So that's how, that's how I think about it. Again, some of it is content. The other thing is the stuff that I'm sharing is evergreen. It's not time sensitive. Obviously, if you're doing like a time sensitive news type newsletter, don't wait till the weekend to be like, here's the news of the week, because most likely that's going to feel old to people, right? So that's sort of my take on it. The other thing you could do is you could always ask people, right? You could put in your newsletter and say, hey, I'm trying to figure out when i want to send this each week and really it's about when do you want to get it so here's a little survey and you know you chances are the answers might be a little all over the place but you might see a clear thing and then at least you you know at least you know like okay i'm that's that's what they want that's what we'll do and i do think at some point i might have surveyed people i don't remember exactly but but yeah i wouldn't worry too much about it the biggest the biggest thing i think is when do you think they're going to read it and is it work or weekend, right? If it's work, you know, keeping in mind, like, is someone going to view this as sort of part of their job and a good use of their time? Or are they going to go, oh, I got the newsletter and I'm really busy with work stuff. I'll get to it later. And I'll get to it later is like the kiss of death. Like they're not going to get, they're not going to get to it later. So that's how I would think about it. Great. Thank you very much. As you may have noticed in that clip, the advice I give members in my Jam sessions is not only tailored to their specific questions, but also designed to be relevant to every member. Here's another example. In the excerpt you're about to hear, I helped Nolan Bulger figure out how to get more subscribers to his newsletter and help him revise his sign-up page copy on the fly. Here's what I told him to do. Hey Nolan, how's it going?
2: I'm good, what's up Josh? So first, I want to thank you for something you said at some point on one of these calls. I think it was the newsletter masterclass. Mm-hmm. You said something like, just ask people if you can add them to your list. Mm. Such a simple thing. And it turns out that works really well. The problem is that is the only thing that's working. So this is a two-part question, I guess. Sure. The first part is what... What the hell can I do to get a stranger to sign up for my my list because if I can explain to someone what's going on mm-hmm. then they'll sign up. And the second part of the question is or maybe this is like a brainstorming thing. I'm I'm looking for an X factor or a like a content tilt yeah. that I haven't quite found yet and I'm curious if you have any Thoughts on that. So last time okay. I told you, focus on entrepreneurship outside of Silicon Valley. I tightened that up a little bit to say business growth and leadership outside
0: of Silicon Valley,
2: mm-hmm. but still, I got nothing.
0: Okay. Where is? Remind me, what's the URL for your newsletter?
2: I'll type it here.
0: All right, also. T- oh, okay. Because I'll put it up.
2: Was that, I'm I'm trying to take a more journalistic angle. So not yeah. like a blog post. What's the transformation type thing that you often talk about?
0: Yep. Okay. So let me, I'm just going to share my screen so everyone can, we can all look at this together. Everyone can see that, right? Okay. So tell me, so talk to me about this. So you said it's working when you reach out to people individually. What are you saying to them individually? So, and I, who I, are they that you who are they that you're reaching out to? Yeah,
2: I actually started reaching out to people to get to get people to profile because mm-hmm. I was deciding, oh, I was like doing all these searches, we're going to find these people to interview and then I would assign a writer to it and and then they would nothing would happen. So I started reaching out to people saying, "Hey, can we do an interview with you?" In, mm-hmm. instead of just guessing who would do an interview. And so that's how I start the conversation. And then sometimes they ask, what are you doing? I explain. And then I say, if you want to support the mission, can I can I add you to the list? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And so are they also agreeing to the interview, most of these people, or not necessarily?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All of them are.
0: So aside from the people that you're reaching out, so there, when it comes to newsletter growth, there's sort of two different pieces of it, right? So one piece is... How are you getting awareness and getting people to know the thing exists? And then the second piece is the conversion piece, right? They know it exists and they're signing up or not. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people get hung up on like, oh, I, I have a conversion problem. Basically, like, do you have a conversion problem? Do you have an awareness problem or do you have both? My guess is you probably have both. But how many people are actually sort of seeing the page or knowing that the newsletter exists and how are you getting them there? Where are they coming from?
2: Yeah. So I wanted to test that hypothesis and I did mm-hmm. a little, I have no experience with this, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I did mm-hmm. a little experiment with Google ads and I got like 900 something clicks mm-hmm. and zero signups. So I at least have a conversion problem. I can tell you that for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. What did the ad say? I
2: mean, it, it was. It was congruent with what the page says, but it was like, you know, there's ten different headlines. Connect with entrepreneurs worldwide, explore business growth, you know, figure out what's going on outside of Silicon Valley. I don't have the exact copy in front of me, but it, okay. It was so the all- first
0: thing I would do is I, I would I would definitely look at the copy. And see the alignment. You're welcome to, by the way, after this call, send it to me. You can email it to me and I'll take a look and give you some suggestions because you may think that it's connected. But like the first thing you said was like, what did you say? You said like connect. And I know this may not have been the exact thing, but you said connect with something beyond Silicon Valley. Yeah. Connect with entrepreneurs worldwide. I think that was one of them. Okay. But that's not actually what this does. That's that suggests networking or community, not news or newsletter
2: true. Yeah.
0: Right. The other thing is you should look at your Google analytics or whatever you have and see on that traffic, how good the traffic actually was. Like, did they actually stay on the page at all? Did they like click and they're gone? Because again, even though it's Google, who knows, there's a lot of weird stuff and clicks. And, you know, so just because Google says you got 900 clicks doesn't necessarily mean they were 900 good clicks. Or um, so even keep,
2: real people, right? Right,
0: exactly. So you should you should keep that in mind. As far as the sign up page goes, so explore leadership and business growth beyond Silicon Valley. So based on this, I'm not, I don't necessarily love the word explore because it just sort of feels soft. Like it doesn't feel like what am I getting from you? right? So even if it's not transformation, even if it's news, even if it's valuable information, even if it's learning from people that are succeeding in the field, like profile type stuff, whatever it is, explore feels, like I said, just a little soft, right? The Mm -hmm. other thing that I feel like is missing from this maybe is I don't know exactly who it's for, right? So I like beyond Silicon Valley, but I don't know, is this for like you tell me who do you think it's for
2: well ideally it's for entrepreneurs who who aren't just starting out you know who have established businesses in latin america africa and southeast asia that's the majority of the outreach that i've been doing
0: okay so think about how specific that is and none of that spe- specificity is in the headline
2: yeah so, so how do if
0: i am so if i'm an entrepreneur in one of those places or whatever and I see some version of that, those words, that description, whatever. I know mm-hmm. this is absolutely for me. And how would I not sign up for it? It's a perfect fit. If I see this, it feels sort of broad and generic. And I don't know that it's specifically for me. So it's counterintuitive, but the sort of narrower you and more specific you go in your language, the more conversions you're going to, you're going to get because the broader you go This probably, there's an exercise I think I suggested before in the podcast or or someplace that is, you know, if you look at your description of your product or newsletter or service, whatever it is, and go, how many other things would this describe, right? Beyond Silicon Valley is is a little bit niche, but for the most part, this could probably describe a lot of newsletters. Whereas when I just ask you, who's it for? That does not describe a lot of newsletters. Got it that's very unique and specific. So, and then again, like even this language here, right? Get the weekly email that unlocks your full potential, become a better entrepreneur for free. There are literally thousands of newsletters that that describes.
2: Yeah. I basically just stole that directly from morning yeah. group.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you and you, you and everybody else, right. Yeah. But lean into that specific stuff. Cause it is, you have a specific unique niche, right? So I just think it's not expressed there. And then it's about making sure you're getting those right people. But if you get one of those people that matches your description to a page that has that language on it, they are going to sign up.
2: So I guess the the thing that I'm struggling with, because conceptually I understand all of this, but yeah. maybe it's just a copywriting problem. It's mm-hmm. like, how, how do I put those that minute of what you just said into eight words. Okay. (laughs) We'll rewrite it.
0: We'll, we'll rewrite it right now. So tell me again, who the specific person is.
2: Entrepreneurs in Latin America, Southeast Asia, and Africa.
0: And what do they learn or get from subscribing to this? What's the value to them?
2: Well, if you don't like the word explore, I guess we could say case studies. That would be my first idea. But But what is the the
0: the information that they get helps them to do what? become better leaders, grow their business.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that is actually based on the conversations that I've had because I was just guessing what's the transformation first, but the value with consistently the thing that keeps coming up are Mm -hmm. those those two themes.
0: Okay. So again, we're doing this on the fly. So by no means am I saying this is like the exact home run copy, but just to give you an idea, right? The ultimate resource for... Fill in the blank. I forget what countries you said, entrepreneurs who want to grow, who want to become better leaders and grow their business.
2: Okay.
0: Roughly. Right. You don't think that's too long? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Again, all that matters is if they read it, is it going to convince them that it's for them? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Peter. I, I think of the problem is beyond Silicon Valley. Because I'm
1: thinking it's Iowa, it's Atlanta, it's Buffalo, Mm -hmm. not it's, and and I looked at your site and unless you didn't tag things correctly, there's only one article here that has to do with the United States. They're all like the places you just talked about. There's some Europe, I mean, Ukraine and those kind of things. So
0: I think that may be your conversion problem. If you're targeting people outside the country, I think. I think that's a good point but I'm actually going to I'm going to spin off of that which is the problem I see with the beyond silicon valley line is that can mean a lot of different things to different people it's not obvious so there are some people that are going to go oh this means what he means is stuff that's not about the tech industry right so you mean international and again that's what peter was saying which is correct right some people might think like oh america outside of silicon valley like so it's it's a term that can be interpreted differently by different people. I think that's I think that's a good point. And maybe not, maybe a thing that you use somewhere else in a description and the, you know, I don't know what's on your about page, but you use it elsewhere where you can sort of explain it as opposed to putting it in the headline, because yeah, I could easily see how someone thinks this is a newsletter for businesses that are not tech businesses.
2: Got it, okay.
0: So I would try that. And one thing you could do is, you know, you could switch up that headline, switch up some of this copy, run the exact same ads you ran before, just as a test, see if it converts at all. I wouldn't spend a ton of money on it, but, you know, you could try that. The other thing you can do is if you have any kind of, you know, social following or any of that kind of stuff, you can test copy on social and don't test it as like, hey, I'm thinking about this description for my newsletter. What do you think? Cause that sort of skews it, but just start using that language in posts and see if people respond to it. Right. So, so like, for example, do a post and say you could ask, you could ask people like, you know, what are your, you know, what are the best leadership and business growth tips that you've learned? Right. And then you could ask, what are the best business leaders, you know, leadership and business growth tips you've learned for people in for entrepreneurs in these specific areas? Right. Narrow it down and see how different the responses are you get and see how different the people who respond are. Okay, But, yeah, I think that's your yet. The short answer is I think it's a copy issue and I think it's a specificity issue.
1: You Uh, want it to
0: sound like nothing else that's out there. And you want the people that your ideal audience for it to be a complete no brainer. Again, you start including those words like entrepreneurs and blah, 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 who want to whatever. There's Mm -hmm. no way one of those people is not going to at least check it out.
2: Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: But yeah, feel free to Mm -hmm. also email me the the ad copy if you want, and I'll take a look at it and give you some suggestions because it's also possible. Some of the ad copy, needs to be more specific
2: yeah i'm sure i mean i probably butchered the hell out of that but yes thank you for the offer i'll send it to you
0: yep great the third jam session excerpt i have for you today is actually a two for one hannah wadsworth and alan donnelly both have free products they offer to people but they also both feel like they're not getting as much value out of those offers as they could be here are a bunch of strategies i suggested they try so first of all hey alan hey hannah Tell me a little bit about like what kind of free products, and you're giving them away to people that are already in your audience. You're giving them away to attract new people. Just give me a little more context. I can um, you... hi Josh.
3: Yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on. Um, you, do you, you want me to go first. Uh, you go. First. <laughs> I'm off, I'm off camera because I'm unwell. But hi, yeah. It's it's predominantly to find new people, to be honest. So. The initial thought was paid ads, you know, to try it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to exhaust my newsletters and socials pretty quick. So mm-hmm. inventive ideas for getting it in front of new people, you know, I thought of like sponsoring your newsletter, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ways to just get it out there. It's a valuable kind of 12,000 word ebook about building okay. a business that, yeah, I'm looking for new people to read
0: and download and then go through the funnel. Cool. So you definitely can do paid ads, but setting that uh, setting that aside, cross promotions, partnerships with other people, the same way you would promote your newsletter or whatever, you can promote the product. That's one thing you can definitely do. Another thing you can do is if you have, you know, if you can get on podcasts, you could do that, you know, go do a little mini podcast tour for yourself. And as opposed to promoting the product or what a lot of times people do promote the free thing, which is always cool. The other thing you could do is besides social ads, newsletter ads, You could consider podcast ads, you know, or reach out even people that aren't, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that have, you know, they may have the specific audience you you want. They don't necessarily have a huge audience. Maybe they may not even really have regular ads, but you could reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm happy to pay you to offer this free product, or I'm happy to, you know, pay you for each person that signs up or whatever. You know, you really just want to look at, like, where are people that have audiences and how could I work with them to get in front of them? And I forget, you know, the other thing, too, is like, again, going back to that cross-promotion, You know, a lot of times people think like cross-promotion, like, oh, like newsletter to newsletter, but it could be anything, right? So you could go to someone that has a podcast and say, hey, if you'll plug my free thing in your podcast, I'll plug your podcast in my newsletter or I'll plug your podcast on my social account or whatever. So I think setting aside spending money, that's where I would look. I'd I'd go the cross-promotion route and find people that have audiences.
3: Yeah, I love the idea of ads and the cross-promotion not necessarily just being for a uh, a newsletter. So thank you.
0: Yep, sure. Hannah, any more questions about that or does that answer Uh, what you were looking for?
3: Yeah, thanks. One second. Sorry, I've got my two-year-old next to me. My product's a little bit different, though I think some of these cross-promotional ideas will definitely work. But I've got a free, or not a free, but I've got a classroom library registry where I curate a customized list of books for teachers for their mm-hmm. classroom libraries and then they crowdsource it. And really the money that I'm interested in is not the $10 but that I assign to it but is in the affiliate commissions. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to get as many teachers, you know, create these classroom library registries for as many teachers as possible. And so I was just curious if you had kind of creative ideas how I can give them away for free without it being like just a free product because I think there's some psychological twist to it like just saying something's free versus Mm -hmm. win it in a raffle or you get it for signing up for the newsletter, which I've done both of those things. But
0: again, designed to bring in new people, not existing people.
3: A little bit of both. Like I would love for my Instagram followers to become, to buy this product.
0: Yep. So first of all, my first recommendation is to put your two-year-old in charge of the promotion.
3: Screaming two-year-old. It works. Yeah, every perfect. Day. People
0: will hear that. Yeah. So a couple things. So one is one thing that I've started doing actually with skill sessions is I don't sort of advertise this or mention it. I think I showed it in the session system, but when people subscribe to my free newsletter and they reply to my welcome email and tell me about themselves, I offer them a free session. Right? So it's not public that like, oh, these are free to your point of like, I don't want to sort of devalue the product but i want them to check one of these out because it makes them more likely to ultimately buy what i want. So that's something you can do with existing people that are that are coming in or you could also you could also do that with your existing audience, right? Special offer one time. You know, i did something the other day that was like, you know, 24 hour offer, you can get, you know, a free session if you promote my newsletter on social whatever. So you can do that kind of sort of flash offer to your existing audience. The other thing you can do in terms of new people, are you active in like Facebook groups or like communities of teachers and stuff?
3: Some, yep.
0: So, you know, you can certainly go in there and offer it and you can, you can frame it in a way that I'll, I'll just give you like a rough example, right? You could say, you know, I'm doing something special. I've got this thing. I'm always looking to iterate on it and improve it. I'm happy to give it to you for free if you'd like to give me some feedback so it doesn't so it makes it seem like and that might be helpful for you anyway but as opposed to just going like hey i've got this free thing if you come up with a reason a justification or whatever you can create whatever narrative you want right you could i'll give you another i'm completely making this up but another example right you could go you know the other day was the whatever anniversary of me my teaching career my this that or the other and it really made me think about the people that reached out and helped me when I was first getting started. And it made me be like, you know what, I want to I pay this forward. And yes, I have these resources and I sell them and blah, blah, blah. But I'm feeling really generous. And for the next 24 hours or for this week, anyone who wants this, I'll give it to you for free. Right. So creating those narrative justifications beyond just going like, Hey, it's a free thing. And it feels like you're pushing it at people suddenly makes it even more desirable. So that that's what I would, you know, go teachers. is nice. Cause you can sort of find where they're hanging out a little bit. Oh, the other thing you can do one last suggestion is your existing audience, let them gift it to people. I've started to do that a little bit with some of these sessions. I know I think some of you I've talked to where I've said, like, hey, do you know, like, do you know someone that would want one of these? Like, just tell me, you know, who they are and which one they want, and I'll send it to them. So you could certainly do that with your existing audience of being like, hey, I'd like to thank you and allow you to give give someone this for free.
3: Yeah, thanks. All of those are really good ideas. and just being in control of the narrative, I think is the key yeah. point. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Cool. Sure. And you want to,
3: Josh, do I not want to answer the second part of Alan's question, which was what signals should you look for that your free product is people are finding it valuable?
0: My short answer is ask them. You could, you could have an automated follow-up and be like, Hey, you know, did you have any questions about it? Did you find it helpful? Any of that kind of stuff the other thing is i think and this is more qualitative than quantitative but you know if you hear from a few people that say oh thanks that was really helpful whatever like it's it's one of the ways that i judge sort of the success of stuff i share in my newsletter not a lot but if i sent if i post a daily newsletter and it's going to like 50,000 people but if i get three or four people who reply to it and we're like oh my god today's thing was great like in my mind i'm like that was a home run right? Because I know they represent a lot more people, right? So that's a qualitative measure, but again, you could have, you know, an automated ask, you know, any, did you have any questions? Was there any more you were trying to figure out? But I think that's, those are a couple of ways to do it. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of I Want to Know. What you heard is the tip of the iceberg of what goes on in my skill sessions. So if you'd like to check them out, just go to joshspector.com slash sessions to learn more. As for this podcast, we'll be back with a regular episode next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week with a new episode of I Want to Know.